0: The incomparable is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Upgrade your brain for 2016. IT Pro TV is the resource to keep your IT skills up to date with engaging and informative video tutorials. For a free 7-day trial and 30% off the lifetime of your account, go to itpro.tv/snell and use the code snell.
1: The incomparable number 287 February 2016
0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. We had uh, an idea to do an episode about bad Star Trek movies, and I got about 12 people who said they wanted to be on that episode. (laughs) So we're doing two episodes about it. This is the first. There'll be another one a little bit later. Uh, And this is about two bad Star Trek movies. I declared them bad, even if my panel might slightly disagree, and they'll be ashamed if they (laughs) do, Um, starring the original Star Trek cast. So we're going to be talking tonight about Star Trek The Motion Picture from 1979, and Star Trek The Final Frontier from 1989, directed by Mr. William Shatner himself, joining me to talk about these two fine, well, okay, these films, they are films, they <laughs> were put on film, uh, are the following. David J. Lore, hello.
2: Hello there. Glenn Fleischman, hi. I have an opening statement that I'm saving oh, to the end. Oh, stop, Saving stop. to the end. Chip Sutterth.
3: My oath of celibacy is on record,
4: Jason. May I assume my duties?
0: Uh, welcome aboard.
4: Right, <laughs> Permission granted. Andy Anatko, hello. I would like to greet you in the form of a 90
0: minute long tracking shot
4: of nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Across the bow of your and I,
0: nose. I will respond by looking on in awe silently. Uh, Monty Ashley, Shakari. Uh. Live long and take a nap halfway through
5: the movie,
6: Jason.
0: <laughs> and of course, it wouldn't be a discussion about Star Trek without Mr. Scott McNulty. Hello.
6: Row, row, row your boat, gently <laughs> down the stream. No. He says merrily, he loves merrily, that merrily, song. Merrily,
0: life merrily, is merrily, a dream. Let's start with Star Trek the Motion Picture. <laughs> Um, uh, and then we'll move read. on to Star Trek 5. You know, we'll do these in chronological order. Star Trek, the motion picture, 1979. Look, the idea was Star Trek became a cult success. And then there were all these sci-fi movies starting with Star Wars that were very successful in the late 70s. And the people at Paramount finally said, aha, I've got a great idea. Uh, let's let's do that. In fact, they had just like done all the work to make a new TV series and they just scrapped it. And instead they made Star Trek, the motion picture. Uh, it, 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 talk about, I mean, it was going to be a movie. Then it was going to be a TV series. Then it was going to be a movie. What a mess. Fortunately, the movie isn't a mess at all. Wait a second. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to recap the entire plot because as as suggested by Andy <laughs> well, and I well, It'll take you 1 minute. No, no the, the plot is like 20 seconds. Right, so, so, like, so, here's is, the plot. Close-ups so of the models. Of, here's, uh. the plot. here's the plot. A cloud that's really big and powerful floats toward the earth. The enterprise which is just being refit, seems to be the only ship that can go out and visit the cloud. They send the Enterprise. Kirk takes command, even though he wasn't in command. They go and visit the cloud, find out that it is an Earth probe trying to radio home, just like on that old Star Trek episode, The Changeling. And it absorbs a couple of members of the crew and disappears. The end. See? See? Was that hard?
4: I, I, I was just... It was fascinating to watch this tonight because I was... We're 35 minutes in and I realized that what what we've just seen over the first 35 minutes would have been covered with 10 seconds of – captain's law <laughs> mm. a cloud has been seen approaching the earth the yeah. enterprise is on its way to find out what it's about before it kills everybody I've taken command of the enterprise even though I'm admiral and action interior bridge
2: the- there are a couple there were some couple cool scenes though. I did like I mean interspersed no, in this very long <laughs> movie where like <laughs> I did like the notion of this kind of big electromagnetic thing of like the special effect of the Klingon ship being dissolved like it was hokey but it was also a little different there was a lot of uh, you know in until you know what's going on, there's a nice sense of this the scope of this thing. It's eighty what they eighty six AUs. <laughs> That's awfully
3: large. When yeah. it
2: could have all been handled
3: with a with a
4: scrolling wall of yellow text receding into <laughs> the also, distance. Not only that, but let's mm-hmm. let's, also, let's also acknowledge that they ha- they replayed that entire scene only with the with the with the Federation ship and the Federation outpost. It's so true. the first try at it was absolutely unnecessary. And then there's the whole su- the, they they load up the first forty five minutes with oh my god the the our the, the ship isn't really ready to go out. There's going to be so many malfunctions and oh. uh, that. But that doesn't play into anything that happens later. So snip nope. snip, that goes out. And we over have to get the again. band back together. Yeah. Why were they apart? Why did they have to be apart? Why were they in the
5: movie? They're not, the movie's not about the band. The movie's why about Sulu Decker and then? Persis Kambata, but they <laughs> actually Spock. barely
4: show. Well, why why I is, I is the Century Spock. 21 real estate agent now captain of the Enterprise and not Sulu? Well, think. I feel bad for Decker yeah. because
5: he's set he's up in this to movie. be the captain. Good point for Pretty. He gets bumped down to science officer, although apparently that's a job normally held by every Vulcan in the world. Uh And then he gets science officer taken away from him. From a plot standpoint, he's very important, but he's really just there to carry sort of a romantic subplot. I propose (laughs) that he is Zeppo.
7: Yes. Ah, that's good. Yes.
6: Well, he did have two jobs when he was bumped down. He was executive officer and science officer. That was a lot of extra
2: work. That's true. He had to be
6: boring backup Vulcan. So.
2: I, I want to rewind just a moment. The the Vulcan shot, because that was um, very weird. The Spock, you know, <laughs> he's been apparently in silent meditation for two and a half years to get some colored Pur- glass. Purging his emotions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And the Vulcans, I swear to God, they're speaking Finnish. I was like, I've never heard Vulcan sound so much <laughs> like well, it's, it's I, th-
0: I believe the story there is that they just did all the dialogue in English and they thought it would be cooler if it sounded alien. So they kind of overdubbed it. but. It it's all in the same oh. cadence because they're overdubbing the language uh the english with with fake english and it sounds ridiculous
7: and that was well before mark okrand
0: so here's the here's the problem i i think with the first part of this movie is is it is i think andy's right a lot of this is unnecessary it is very long and it, it's hard to see why it's in the movie other than the fact that they thought it would look cool or be cool in some way. And and you know what? This movie looks good and it sounds good. The music mm. is good. Oh, uh, music's no. great. You're wrong three things there. No, you're I'm completely right about right. all those things, Monty. Monty, <laughs> you're breaking up. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. Scott, go ahead.
6: <laughs> I really like – I understand that the Klingon sequence does not need to be there. But I love that sequence so much because I I, I enjoy those ships. And you have to think about – this is the first time in 10 years people are seeing Star Trek and while – that was very disappointing when they saw this movie because this movie's not very good. Uh, seeing those seeing those Klingon cruisers, you're like, oh, my God, it's Star Trek. It's never looked this good. And then four and a half hours later, as the that sequence ends, you think, well, maybe they could uh, speed well, it
0: up. Also, I can't way. wait to see. It's also false advertising because, like, I can't wait to see what the Klingons
6: are up to in this well, movie.
0: Well,
7: you'll that's never right. see not them much. again. Never They're
6: digitized, them. but don't worry.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's like. You you went to all the trouble to come up with this fancy, complicated makeup to redo what Klingons look like. You've come up with all the ships and the models, and, and then we never see them again. And, and, that, and the great Klingon music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it. It's like, okay, we want to see the Klingon bird of prey on a big screen. Hey, let's go to Vulcan. As long as we're going on the big screen, let's see Vulcan on the big screen. But...
2: It, your giant, giant ah! statue they're standing under, uh, and the strange yeah. and Vulcan seems to be a hellscape. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek IV does the opening of this
3: movie better in every respect. You have yes. the ships. You have the ships dying when the probe comes by. Vulcan looks better. It's it. You know. You, you mm-hmm. don't need. To, you, we don't need Star Trek One. We have Star Trek IV. You're
4: you're also giving Spock a a, a, a reason to actually have a, a have an arc throughout the show. Yes. You know, Instead of like, well, OK, so the, so part of the subplot is going to be Spock's rediscovery of himself? No, they just needed to get his ass off of Vulcan and onto the ship. Why okay. is he
2: the only one in the universe who resonates with this thing too? It's never explained. It's a plot mm-hmm. point. It's just a it's thing. the force. Well, the, force, it's the, the simple it's the answer
7: off. is this was written as the pilot for the series they were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then they changed it without really rethinking it as anything more than this interesting story that would have been fine as a 44-minute episode. And then they're like, oh, well, it's got to have more effects. It's got to be bigger. And and instead of actually, you know, making a story that was big, they just added more shots of the <laughs> ship because the oh. ship looks really good. Yeah. Can, can I, I Monty Monty thinks a... it
5: looks bad. I, well, I think the uh, Klingon <laughs> ships look bad because they're clearly models. Mm. They are in perfect <laughs> yeah. formation and they stay right there. Yes. I think it sounds bad all because right. it sounds like Star they're Wars, not models. Star Trek. Wait, what sounds bad? It, that scene or the entire it, movie? The The theme song specifically. It starts with this big bombastic oh. John Williams sounding theme. Then you have a starscape. And it
0: pans down to see mm. starships. Yeah, know. that Klingon, the Klingon, uh, the Klingon theme that's going on there. The Klingon starships. I can see that. It, it, it certainly the moving information. It felt very Tron to me almost. That yeah, same yeah. way where it's all locked <laughs> yeah. together and not entirely. And not entirely right. I think the Enterprise model is very nice and the stuff that they do with that, yes. again, it but endless. And I kept watching it thinking, well, you know, at least they reuse this footage in Star Trek 2 and that's a much better movie. And it's kind <laughs> yeah. of a long scene in Star Trek 2, but it's like a fraction of the time they spend in Star Trek The Motion Picture on the same effect. I'll agree with Monty on the music. I, you know,
7: I'm glad Jerry Goldsmith got paid. He does a very good job <laughs> with it. I have
2: never liked that theme the, the which is a bah, ba, ba, the ba 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 that one that they use and it's uh, a yeah. next generation right the they they the, reused it in Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I couldn't yep. remember because it was so familiar. And I was like, am I just remembering this wrong? Because I haven't watched Next Generation for some time. But uh, I thought the music was um, – sub- I thought it was great throughout was my feeling. I would often forget was on screen and actually listened to the orchestration. He did a, an incredible job, brought lots of different instruments, some experimental instruments. He liked some uh, – I think they were – I want to say he's a very big tuba fan was my feeling because a lot of like low rumbling stuff I had on uh, noise-canceling headphones and it was inc- – I- I'd love to get the soundtrack to this. I think it was so much better than the movie, the actual soundscape he created.
3: Yeah, You know, you're, you're exactly right, Glenn. The most exciting thing about this movie is the overture.
2: It's – well, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I got to – you know, it can't be – What? Let's, let's, not, let's not ignore
4: the, the Klingon uniforms too. I was the only. I'm. I'm. I'm grasping for positive things to say. They did come <laughs> up with the, the Klingon uniforms, which is a really good uniform design that actually was good enough that they could use it for the entire series. That was great. The some of the uniforms and engineering also. I was surprised. Oh, so that actually they just reused the. Okay, that was good enough. Especially because all of the all the other costumes here were just awful. Kirk's <laughs> oh, short man. sleeved <laughs>
7: uniform. Why have you got against pajamas, Andy? Uh, uh, jumpsuit. I never understood the whole. Very pale, like washed-out earth tone silk pajamas. All I could think was that they used all of the colors in the movie poster, and said, "Oh, we don't have any more color budget." See, this is this is what happens when you don't use your time at mood wisely. You only have
4: thirty
0: minutes.
6: <laughs> so, and- it,
0: in the first the first third of this movie, I thought uh, if you if you cut down a lot of the unnecessary stuff, because the fact is, there is a huge amount of. I mean, it is. You think when you're going to watch it again. You think, well, you know, I probably overstated it, and then you watch it, and you go, oh no, I understated it. There, there, there are minutes where all there are are special effects, and uh, we were we were talking on that random Trek episode, uh, Scott, about Star Trek Four, about how mm-hmm. the, it starts with them watch everybody on, in the movie watches Star Trek Three, and then Star Trek Four starts. <laughs> in this, we're literally at several points watching our characters watching the movie with us. Mm-hmm. It's just it, mm-hmm. so so that goes on forever. But one of the things that I I thought watching it through this time is there is a nugget of an interesting bit of drama in the first act of this because you have you have themes that would be revisited in some cases um in other movies you've got Kirk uh wanting to reassert command mm-hmm. and there's the Kirk Decker dynamic i think is kind of interesting how McCoy mm-hmm. uh, who, who Kirk has kind of brought on because he's trying to get the band back together but McCoy immediately calls Kirk on his bs and and um and Decker knows what's what i think i think that's an i see what they're doing there and i think that was kind of interesting well well see that's where i thought it started to go off the rails for me well Okay,
5: go, uh, how so? (laughs) Go with that, Full stop. Because they establish Decker as the guy, all right, he's going to be Kirk's executive officer. He's going to be telling Kirk, no, we can't do that so Kirk can show how manly he is. But then they bring McCoy on, and that's McCoy's only job is to call Kirk on his stuff. It's not like he has a lot of surgery to do in the movie. Yeah. So before you know it, McCoy is doing all of the things that Decker's character ought to be doing, and Decker's just standing around there having a chin.
0: Well I think uh, see, I don't I don't entirely agree with that because although 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 Bones does do that, the whole idea here is that Kirk is not this is about not relinquishing things to the next generation and he, uh Decker knows more about the ship than Kirk does, and and Kirk does not appreciate that other people have you know, like Decker that he has qualifications and I I what like I was saying, I think I see what they were trying to do there. I do think that it, it um it all falls apart fairly quickly. Um but yes. but I, I sat I sat there thinking, you know, I could see how somebody could come in with this first act and say, I see where we can take this to lead to some dramatic story choices in the rest of the movie. None of that
2: Happens, none exactly. of exactly. it happens. I want, to, I want to point out something right. about Decker's uh, and Decker's competence. Is you remember the scene when Kirk comes on board, right? And he's it uh, th- takes forty minutes, so you can never forget how long it takes no. to get there.
0: Scotty, to do another loop around, Scotty, <laughs> just staring, just
2: staring. slow it down, Scotty. You're going too fast. I want this to take ten minutes to get there.
6: Kirk suffers
2: from motion sickness. It's yeah, a little known sure. fact. Is in the engineering. Scotty's talking about the transporter, right? And Decker's trying to fix something. He fixes the transporter uh system the next time we hear about the transporter is when the Vulcan and someone else are melted in the transporter yeah. beam. So I would question his competency.
0: Let me take a break to tell you about our sponsor for this episode of the Incomparable. It is IT Pro TV. What is your career plan in twenty sixteen? Are you going to start a career in IT? Are you already working in the field? Well certifications and credentials are key to getting a job or a promotion. And that's what IT Pro TV is all about. It's education through engagement. They have lots and lots of videos, up to date video content, access to quality tools that will help prepare you for technical certification. This isn't just about learning one little subject, this is about becoming certified and helping give your career a boost. They have more than a 1,000 hours of content, with 50 hours being added each week. It's really interesting to look at. It's styled like a TV show. It is not dry, but some of these classes are also incredibly deep, with as much as 20, even 30 hours of content. These are full courses, not just short videos. They are streamed live, so you can ask questions of the instructors while they're recording them or watch them on demand. They go to TV boxes like Chromecast and Roku. They go to computers and mobile devices, so you can watch these videos pretty much anywhere and topics run the gamut there's apple certified support professional there's apple certified technical coordinator amazon web services ethical hacking virtualization security cryptography pmp lean six sigma all sorts of different courses they're all transcribed you can watch them from start to finish or jump to the part that you're looking for there are more than 100 step-by-step virtual machine labs and transcender practice exams that's 109 value and what do you have to pay for this? There's one low monthly subscription price and a no-hassle cancellation policy. If you're studying with a book or enrolled in a certification or technical degree program, this is a fantastic supplement to learn at your own pace and track your progress, and it's much cheaper than a boot camp. And if you're a working IT pro, this is an ongoing resource that you can use to keep your skills current. There's also corporate pricing and group pricing available, and their clients include Harvard, MIT, UCSD, that's my alma mater by the way stanford not my alma mater and much much more so check out itpro.tv/snell to upgrade your brain with the most popular IT certifications. Premium subscriptions normally $57 a month or $570 per year. But we have a special offer. You can try it free for seven days when you sign up using code Snell to check out the courses, live stream, and more. You'll get 30% off for the lifetime of your account. So that's less than $40 per month or three ninety-nine dollars for the entire year. That's itpro.tv slash Snell. Use code Snell to try it free for seven days and save 30%. Thanks to TV for sponsoring the Incomparable. Can, can, I, can I also mention, I mean, we, we could list them all, but like the, the transporter accident scene. That's the word. The wormhole scene. Yeah. The, the, there are so many scenes in this movie that you look at and you look. Like, why does that exist? The wormhole scene, I guess, exists to show, oh, Decker knew better, but it's a waste of time. And it goes on for so long. The transporter oh accident, God. it's a waste of time. It's a waste and of time. let's not let so let forget, to, to, to add that extra
4: kick in the nuts, is not only is this movie going slowly, but during the wormhole scene, let's have everything happen at half <laughs> speed. <laughs>
5: <laughs> just, to, just to really Slow put, the put the audience in their place. It's, it's the torpedoes. It makes, torpedoes, it, torpedoes <laughs> it makes the rest or of it look fast. Away!
7: It makes the rest of
4: it look fast by comparison. Could you repeat that? No. Well, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'll repeat that for <laughs> you. It is
0: an <laughs> asteroid. Yeah, we could
5: see it's an asteroid. Oh my god i think oh. the wormhole scene is there because star wars had a very exciting going into hyperspace mm. scene mm. so Which we need a very exciting second. going into warp drive scene and then mm. something has to happen and then we could get out with our plot but there's just is, yeah. there's no reason this is so not wagon trains of
3: the stars you know this is so not horatio hornblower in space they i i i can i can see the i can see a bit of the logic in the studio saying okay we want to make this movie because Star Wars is big, but we don't want to just ape Star Wars. So let's ape 2001 or something, and let's get oh, Robert Hawaii's yeah. and all this stuff. But specifically
5: you know, the pacing of I, 2001.
4: Yes. <laughs> huh. Well, I thought that clicks into something that, that, that I was really very aware of. It really seems like this is – Gene Roddenberry's attempt to say, oh, no, I can't believe you thought that piece of crap Star Wars was good. Let me Uh show you what real science Mm -hmm. fiction is about. It's about every little scientific detail and making sure we're thinking about our feelings at every point of the way. Don't worry, I'll fix everything for
3: you. And Andy, the evidence of that is not only the movie itself, but the fact that Gene Roddenberry did the exact same thing all over again with next generation uh-huh. mm-hmm. decker mm-hmm. is Riker. oh sure Troy is ilea yep jerry yes. goldsmith
0: is jerry goldsmith
4: <laughs> collecting checks for things he wrote 10 years ago yeah
0: we, we talked about roddenberry and and i think when we talk about the latter third of this movie uh the, the last 10 hours um <laughs> The and, and again, I think the interior V'ger stuff is beautiful and I got to study oh, yeah. it in detail oh, yes. because it goes for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Spock going out in the suit, by the way, another scene. It's like, why is that even in there? But but here's the thing about that end of the movie. That is the worst kind of Gene Roddenberry story. Not only is it cribbing from the changeling on the original Star Trek uh, episode and, the, and the, the Ilea subplot where they're trying to teach the Ilea duplicate to be sort of like to play her into being human again is a knockoff of take your pick the one with the Kelvins or the one with uh, the the what are little girls made of the episode. Right. That's, that's like or half little... of Spock's scenes in the whole series. Yeah, really. so, so you, you jam that in there too. But the problem is at the end it becomes I mean there is it's all the things that you can complain about about Gene Roddenberry's utopian vision and believing that he's this amazing visionary. There's no conflict. There's um the, it's all about humanity striving to better themselves. In the end and people get glowy and things disappear and that's the end of the plot it, it, and there's it, no villain there's there's a sense of wonder like he literally thinks uh that that people will enjoy this movie because they'll enjoy watching characters they love watch special effects and and that's the whole last third of the of the film it's like field of dreams he feature just wants to meet his dad again and play catch yeah well, if feature was an actual character instead of just being a set, then that might have been interesting too right but there there's just well, there's
2: yeah yeah they didn't even, I don't think they've in- explored the idea that like there's a planet of machine intelligence is a really cool idea also explored in an early episode of Futurama, fear of a bot planet, and I think that uh, although it did it much better, I have to say silence uh yep. and uh. Anyway, sorry. But the uh, people <laughs> who understand Futurama will get that. But the, the that's a very interesting idea, but it's told, right? It's not the show. Told, it's the told mm-hmm. thing. They're talking about a planet of machine intelligences. We don't even get like a scene, like a, a cutaway. It's all – you're standing in front of machinery and special effects talking about things, describing things that are actually very interesting conceptually if they were explored. Or they could have done a Tron. They could have done a – uh, you know, an early Matrixy kind of thing, and said, "We're going into the mind of Viger because we need to teach it what humanity is." Anything instead of they're like, "Oh, there's a shorted wire." I'll type in <laughs> something very quickly that you can't see. So quickly you don't even know what I just said, and then I will go into stardust. I you know? will
0: glow and and well, the whole plot of this film is essentially the Enterprise drives out to see a cloud, and then the cloud disappears.
2: <laughs> the cloud end. has sex with humans. Cloud recruits being the
4: Decker Decker quantum leaps. Let's not forget. Yeah, that's true, it. he does. Yeah.
2: Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah, I
0: so. he'll, he'll be, uh, he, she's a teenager oh preparing boy. to go
4: see the Beatles at the Ed Sullivan show. But unfortunately, she left her hair curlers on and she burned the house down and she left home and got killed. So now Decker's going to be her for the next two weeks, see the Beatles and save her life. I have a theory on who this
5: movie was made for. I think it was for the model builders. Because <laughs> oh of every science fiction movie, this movie gives you the best look at. Every single spaceship. Like, mm-hmm. if you're building yeah. an Enterprise, this is the movie you want because yeah. there's a get water tank
0: at... down there toward yeah. the bottom. Yeah.
5: Every Neat. square inch. Oh, that's the office level, huh? Got it. Office
2: level. That was my favorite label in any movie. <laughs> the exterior office level level label. Yeah, yeah. On, on the side of a starship Outside because of the, <laughs> you need to see that. Well, because you, you get those duck
4: boat tours, all the tours uh, they want to see. It. The first thing they want to see is the office level of the Enterprise.
2: Oh my god, that
3: was great, Monty. Monty, I'll I'll do you one better. This is the same impulse that made the Star Wars prequels. They mm. yeah, they went they went into Star Trek and they were like it's been ten years. Let's do something special. Let's make you know big ship, big models, and and let's see Earth. Let's see what the human let, let's see what the human race is really like in the twenty third century. They get so deep into Star Trek universe kinds of stuff. They forget to tell a story hmm it, it 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 this totally feels like a it's totally feels like the George Lucas prequels. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 people who love Star Trek so much. And don't get me wrong, you know, after ten years, there's a whole lot of nostalgic power to seeing the band get back together mm-hmm. again. But that's all this is. This is oh my god, I love my Star Trek so much, I'm going to make a movie <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> oh, so it's fanfic
2: it's fanfic for model builders.
0: It's
7: fanfic by
2: Roddenberry. I,
0: I think. Yeah. It, I think Chip, you got you got something where um, this is about the creator of the property that was successful, not understanding why people liked it, and yeah. making decisions based on his sort of uh, blown up uh, ego about like I, I have big big ideas and big plans, and I'm going to in Roddenberry's case talk about this utopian view vision of humanity, um, and also sort of uh, with a side of dirty old man sex commentary and uh, with Lucas it was all about like digital sets and digital extensions and, and it's it's a movie for kids but I'm bringing the entire medium forward and in both cases these guys are diluted and they create a, a piece of junk because they don't actually understand what it is they created and why people responded to it
6: I don't know if I would call Star Trek the motion picture a piece of junk but uh, I feel like it does. it lays a lot of foundation for what the other better movies do <laughs> Uh, no, and no. also I think there's still – there's not a lot of it, but there's still that great uh, interaction between you know the holy tr- tr- uh, trinity of Star Trek, McCoy, Spock, mm-hmm. and Kirk. When they get together, it's still good, uh, but there's not a whole lot of it. There's, there's a lot of them looking at things together. I, little I, I, I was surprised by how much of this movie actually does
3: last for years. Uh, the sets last pretty much through Star Trek for um The security uniforms. You even see the security (laughs) uniforms in Star Trek Six.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they're cheapskates, not because they did the yeah. last
3: no, work in yeah, Star Trek. Still, one yeah. of the it reasons works. Star
0: Trek II, I mean, as a fan of Star Trek II, I looked at this and noticed all the things that they reused in Star Trek II. And one of the reasons Star Trek Two was able to be made on the budget that it was and look as good as it does is because they got to reuse a lot of the stuff that they paid for for Star Trek, the motion picture.
3: But real quick, uh, uh, let me let me finish the list. You know, risk communicator. Captain Terrell uses one of those risk communicators yep. in Star Trek Two. The Klingon designs, the Vulcan designs, mm-hmm. they last mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. forever, um spock's emotional development um the spock you see in star trek 2 is clearly the spock who went through all this stuff in star trek 1 it's mm-hmm. like the only thing that was thrown away was the pajamas
4: yeah uh, I, don't, I don't know I about they were spock. i think i think that that's that's an idea of a of a of a plot thread that they had on the on the cork board that they forgot to pick up I think that yeah. it's it's easy to forget. You can you can you can drop into Star Trek two without having seen Star Trek one and think it's one of the greatest movies you've ever seen. I do think it's a great movie. I think part yeah. of this it that it's yes. almost as if it's almost as if they they cast Michael specifically because they realized exactly how little energy there was in the first one. Yeah. And if they if they put this, and I'm, I'm being completely serious here, that I think if they put this big, huge, bright sun in the middle of this story. Everybody's going to be thrown around its orbit and its heat and its light. That's why these two are as are as different as night and day. So I, I think that Spock is just another failed subplot uh, in Star Trek One, but in Star Trek Two, they have this entire thing from start to finish about how look, we are a crew of like X hundreds of people, and one person might have to sacrifice for everybody. And there's sometimes where as much as you would, the whole opening scene is in Star Trek Two, you might want to hopefully be able to save everybody. I'm telling you that there are situations where that's not possible. So you just have to make the best decision there is. There is none of that through line of a story uh, in the first movie. Right.
0: No, I, I like I like what they try to do with Spock. The idea there is Spock's finally decided what he's going to do with his life, which is he's going to purge his emotions and really be a Vulcan. And and then he meets V'ger. and V'ger is completely emotionless, and that's why they can't communicate with it. It is a uh, way. It has seen the entire universe and doesn't understand it because it has no. Uh, you know, he, it has no humanity and Spock realizes that this is his great mistake is that he needs to not his humanity, but embrace it. Okay. On paper, that sounds good. The movie doesn't really earn it. And you're right, Andy, you can not see this movie and see Spock in Star Trek two and be, Hey, it's Spock and not, you know it's not a, he's not a changed character in star trek too but i like the idea of of that story arc i just don't think it's earned because very little is also i wanted to mention kirk is so passive in this movie most of the time and that's another reason when you look at montabon you're like give kirk an enemy giving somebody to play off Mm -hmm. of because Mm -hmm. in this movie, like his biggest moves that he makes are things like belaying orders from Decker, (laughs) like no, let's not radio for help or no, let's thing like ordering them not to do things is like Kirk at his most active, which is no good. It's believable to have Kirk,
3: you know, trying to recapture his glory. He was, he's been benched for two and a half years. It's believable for him to try to get things back and for him not to be firing on all cylinders yet but it's not it's not good storytelling yeah it's not not interesting. interesting
7: yeah it if that's that's where you end you know like the midpoint that's the midpoint of the thing is where he makes that shift to being the kirk we we know and love but it's he's like that for the whole movie yeah
2: I want to point out a Spock thing, though, that I think they did very well, and it's in passing, but it happens a few times, that I'd forgotten it was in the movie, is, you know, he's ostensibly been purging his emotions. He's been in meditation. He's then been disappointed, but he's not supposed to experience emotions. When he comes aboard, and he's absolutely stone-faced to everyone, and their reaction, I thought that was actually – he seemed alien. He doesn't seem – you know, the way he's dressed, the way he carries himself – He's just completely absent from them. And they're all getting kind of increasingly pissed off at it and trying to cope with it. Um, and I actually thought that was legitimate because that was that old camaraderie is gone. He's not the person they knew. They're trying to roll with the fact that, you know, this is who he may be now. Um, but does that seem where they're all so excited, everyone stands Sulu and Cheko, everyone stands up and and um uh, Mr. Majel, Spock. Magil Barrett. He, I mean, she yeah. had like one speaking line, right? But she had that plot in the series where she was in, sort of in love with him in the original series, right? And she is there and he's just like turns around and walks yeah. out. And I thought that was actually yeah. an effective emotional
0: Bit. And by the way, his his shuttle docking is another one of those scenes
6: that is endless
0: <laughs> and has no reason to be in the movie.
6: It's a long-range shuttle. It's probably a courier. It's really cool to see it docking. It's got we a warp sled. A lot of money it detaches from the warp this. sled
2: and comes in and yeah. attaches. It flips and over. Like, I fell asleep during that part because I don't remember. It hey, flips over. I... It's very yeah. exciting. I it's almost love cool. that model. I
4: Hello, to uh... Tom Servo. Maybe this is a documentary on how to dock a shuttlecraft to a <laughs> constellation ship-class <laughs> <South-class> starship. <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith
7: is convinced this is the most exciting scene ever. Every scene is the most exciting scene ever. The reason Jerry Goldsmith thinks everything's exciting is because he was writing it without the footage. Yeah, he yeah. thought it was great. The movie he, he had in his head. In
2: his head, it was great. Yeah. 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 This, the, Jerry Goldsmith head headcanon.
0: So there is a director's edition of this, which it's I own on DVD. It's five hours long. Uh-huh. Actually, um, well, I mean, yeah. Robert Wise says apparently they they ran out of time to edit this movie because <laughs> they did it did come down to the end and they were cutting uh-huh. it. Not only were they sh- were they rewriting it while they were shooting which is never a good sign but they were (laughs) editing it up until the, the drop dead the director's edition is better paced I wouldn't say it's fast enough paced i feel like there must be a really good fan edit out of there out yeah. of this movie that that is mm-hmm. better but it's better it's paced and long. it's got some nicer things in it <laughs> and it's got some it's some... called pushing the two times fast forward button. yeah well <laughs> you know i just i would be kind of interested to see how, how you could artfully cut this movie down by an hour easily um mm-hmm. but anyway the director's edition i will say i i think it's a better edition i think it's got some nice things it it makes it sinks vulcan up vulcan looks a little bit like a sunblasted hellscape and a little more like vulcan as we've seen it in other things mm. um it's okay but you know there's only so much that anyone can do with this because but it have is any of you
3: seen the special longer version
0: no. <laughs> yes no there's one the, yes, the, the ABC there one. version right it was
3: it it, it, it was, it like was the, yeah.
7: to fill the three hours slot
3: yeah, they so they so they make it made it longer for television. So there's even more staring out at portholes. Um, but there are also some of the character bits that aren't even in the director's cut that are kind of nice. Sulu making a fool of himself in front of uh, Ailea because she's 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 a sexy Delton. Yeah. Um, s- some more some more banter between Kirk and Spock and McCoy. Where the human moments that were left on the cutting room floor
2: because you know. We've got
3: to be more 2001-y.
2: Uh, hey, so I got a, I got an issue here about Ailea and the nation, nature of uh, consciousness, um, where this movie is ostensibly one of the things it's exploring is what the nature of consciousness is. It just does it very badly. Then within the movie, they take a character, they destroy her and create a duplicate, which we're then supposed to – I guess people are not suitably horrified by the android that appears. I mean, it's it's so yep. um, emotionless. Decker Decker's
4: more upset that he's been ordered by Kirk to go follow her around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs>
2: she's dead. She's De- dead. Decker, and this Decker is a dead simulacrum. Decker was simulacra. in love.
0: They were lovers. Yeah, and she she disintegrates in front of Decker, and he shows no sign. He says he's like slightly slightly put out there. Yeah. Then her her destructor sends a probe that looks exactly like her and has access to all of her memories to examine them. And he is more upset about his being ordered around by Kirk than he is, uh, you know, sort of disgusted and infuriated by uh, this, you know, simulacrum of his former lover that's in front of him. It is baffling.
2: Well, this is the fundamental scientific theme is what is consciousness? When you take someone's memories and you stick it in another body, the transporter, you know, what's happening when someone's transported? Are they killed and reassembled? The notion of where the soul lies. These are all fundamental science fiction concepts. And they're like, well, she was disintegrated and there's a new one who's entirely nanoscopic. You but know, she created. sweats
0: just like yeah. the old one. So
2: whatever. She breaks she just, breaks like, a just like a little girl. <laughs> there you
0: go. <laughs> <Jinx>. <laughs> the theme of this movie is
3: stated when Ilya says the words recreation and enjoy have no meaning to my programming
1: (laughs)
4: or to any viewer of this movie
7: oh my part of the reason this is so unpleasant is because everyone in the movie is uncomfortable
0: all of the characters are uncomfortable with each other yeah
5: Yeah. well that too (laughs) polyester doesn't
0: breathe i think scotty's okay scotty's okay they're out of sorts with each other. I'm uncomfortable you know, with the
2: length of her shorty robe. I keep getting nervous about it. Mm-hmm. She's having a spa day. That's what I thought. It's the top
5: of her robe I don't like because, <laughs> without getting into too many details, the the collar and her bald head from the back has a certain it, it, uncomfortably anatomical yeah. effect.
0: I'm sure Gene. Um, I'm sure he that supervised instantly. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we're cool about it in the future, man. It's all cool in the future, man. We all would just wear our jumpsuits. It's fine. Well, you know, they used this as raw material for better movies to come. Yay!
7: Well, and that's that's the reason the original show worked is because they all worked together. And this one, they're all just not working yeah. Yeah. together, and they're arguing.
6: Well, <clears throat> at least the humid adventure is just beginning. Oh. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right, I, I've had enough of Star Trek. The Can I picture. make two uh, <laughs> last-minute observations? Yes, final final thoughts, Monty. Yes,
5: uh, one. I really liked that moment when Kirk first gets on the Enterprise and the ensign is going to show him to the bridge, and Kirk says, "I think I know how to do it," ha! and the answer is, "Walk five feet into an elevator and say, bridge.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> and in J.J. Abrams' defense, there's a lot of lens flare in this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of white uh, sets too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think there are some actually some some costumes in the jj abrams star trek that are intentionally um echoing the pajamas too oh Uh, sure um because how could you not all right let's move on 10 years (laughs) into the future to star trek 5 colon the final frontier uh the backslash uh (laughs) dot html
4: (laughs) (laughs) star trek 5 nimbus Gone four oh four on the entertainment server, which
3: was the most generic name possible—the motion picture or the Final Frontier. I don't know; <laughs> it's a tie. The
0: it's final very, Frontier. It's very close.
6: I have the the Blu-ray of this because it came with the other better movies, uh, and it has uh, a little documentary about the making, like you know, people oh, talking my. about the screenwriter and William Shatner and uh, Harve Bennett all talking about it. Uh, and it's a fascinating documentary to watch because. They're all talking about this horrible movie that was not very good. Uh, And there are many – like Harv Bennett was like, I was not going to – I didn't want to be part of this. Uh, (laughs) William Shatner talked me into it. Uh, They all said that they called this movie Bill's Turn because uh, he was – he only did Star Trek 4 because he was going to direct Star Trek 5. And if he didn't, he wasn't going to do the movie anymore. Uh, And – the screenwriter was like, you know, we had this scene where we needed to distract some people. So I jokingly said, why don't we have Uhura do a dance? And everyone in the room said, that's a great idea. And he was like, no, let's not do that. And they're like, no, we're putting it in the movie. Yeah. Be so careful talking. what you yeah. wish for.
4: You can't, you can't help but notice that the first 20 or 30 minutes of Star Trek V has a lot of people telling Kirk how awesome they are. Uh-huh. He is. You know, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Bill, but we I need Kirk here for this mission.
5: The first 20 minutes were my favorite part because – Unlike the other Star Trek movie I had just watched, it had people sitting around and having fun. And, you know, there was hardly mm-hmm. any Kirk, Spock, McCoy banter in the first movie. And this movie looked like it was going to be all Kirk, Spock, McCoy banter, which <laughs> not great, but would have been okay by me. something.
0: They're yeah. they're at opposite ends of the bell curve there. Yeah, I, yes. I, I agree. Yeah. I think because I look at the first half hour of this movie and I think it is the most spectacularly self-indulgent yeah. piece of garbage. I, mean, I look at the whole thing that. Well, way. the entire thing. This is, I mean, <laughs> honestly, if I had one word to describe Star Trek V, I thought it perhaps I'd only seen it once in the, in the, in the theater in 1989. Yeah, I'm and too. I'm a Star Trek fan. and I just never needed to revisit it. I revisited it finally in the last week for this. If I had to review it with one word, it would be garbage. It is a piece of garbage. It, it, it is terrible on so many levels. I I didn't realize how bad it was, but the beginning really offends me because I I feel like it's again it's just completely self indulgent. And while Kirk, Spock, and McCoy are great having you know jet boots and McCoy <laughs> muttering to himself in Yosemite and did we really need to see Star Trek five the camping trip? But that's what we see here. And there's that whole like the Nimbus thing at the beginning, which is kind of ridiculous Nimbus. and. And misuses a lot of interesting actors, or at least David Warner. Uh, I know. I feel like
2: that's the poor worst. Poor David Warner. I know. I love him yeah. so much in this film. Ah. Oh. And 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 Lawrence and Luckenbill, Lawrence Luckenbill I think is terrible in this. No, he's terrible. It, 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 it is yeah.
0: I, I mean I know they wanted I guess Sean Connery for it but who th- surely there was a better suited actor to play a Vulcan cult leader than Lawrence Luckenbill who is just this kind of genial guy. It, it's just it's baffling. It's
6: baffling to me.
7: He is a contrast. I mean he's supposed to be a jovial Vulcan. So That's true.
6: And in I the know. documentary Harv Bennett said this is going to be a great scene. We're going to show a Vulcan and then he's going to laugh and people are going to lose their minds. And yeah, then there's an I mean, awkward pause and he says, next. <laughs> I, can, I, can, like,
7: I, I can see so many things in this movie working oh In as they were thinking about him, And that's one of them. And that's like, yeah, that's kind of an interesting idea. It's not done very well. Nothing in this film is done very well. Yeah. I wouldn't say this is
5: a good movie, but I certainly found it more entertaining than the other movie, just because some things happen. Things happen on the screen. Sure, it's dumb and slapstick, but just move more rapidly
0: in front of your eyes. I will grant you that. Let me summarize the plot of this one, by the way. Kirk and Spock and McCoy and the rest of the crew of the Enterprise are on a camping trip, and they're called back to the Enterprise because, again, for reasons unknown, they're the only ship that can go and deal with this diplomatic uh, problem where there are hostages at a base in the neutral zone, when they get there, the Enterprise is taken over by the hostile force of, of <laughs> people who've kidnapped it, led by a Vulcan who apparently is Spock's half-brother. And the uh, they take the Enterprise to the center of the galaxy through the Great Barrier, which is not the same Great Barrier on the outside of the galaxy because this one's apparently on the inside of the galaxy. Star Trek nerd moment there. Oh, they yeah, a donut. They find a nice. planet. There's a big head. It says it's God. Kirk says, "But wait a second. Why why are you uh, why do you need a ride on our spaceship if you're God?" And uh, <laughs> then they wrong. run they run around a little bit, and <laughs> um, apparently God blows up with a photon torpedo. Uh, also, there are some comedy. Also, I should say, in the other side plot, there are some some comic relief Klingons oh. with the worst Klingon makeup you will ever see, and they, um, they. At the end, the Klingon ambassador makes them apologize. That's
2: Star Trek Five, and
0: then there's a cocktail party.
2: I was expecting that line. I was like, "Apologize now, commit ritual suicide in front of everybody." Yeah. Okay.
0: You can't forget the
2: cocktail Come party on. where they
5: all high five about how great they are. Yeah,
2: that's true. At the end of the movie, it does.
0: I'm surprised that they all didn't uh, tell a joke and laugh together over the end credits. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. mostly upset by
2: the, by the misuse of the word marshmallow. And then I had to read the backstory and I was even more upset about it. There's a backstory. Mm-hmm.
0: To yes. The oh, you mean yes, with the marshmallow, uh, <clears throat> oh the futuristic marshmallow dispenser. That yeah, and available. then he says
2: marshmallow because yes. in the novelization, no. McCoy has manipulated the memory banks. No. And Spock learns. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, Bill. Mm-hmm.
4: It was a joke <laughs> that didn't land. We're okay uh, with that. Yeah. I will say
2: there, there are two things I
4: did like about Star Trek Five. Number one. After the previous three or four movies that looked so horribly, like not just a TV show, but like – the the, when the last three episodes the third to the last episode in the shooting schedule where they've run out of money and they need to Mm -hmm. save all the money for like the two part season finale and so there's just no money to make anything look okay ever so there are parts of it that actually look like an actual movie and I also like the one there's one actually really good thread that they've managed to put through most of the movies and that is the fact that these guys is getting old they're getting older and they don't like getting old and they don't like the fact that they're not really in touch and they're no longer there the a prime crew anymore uh and so as a result starfleet for them becomes just these three or four people that they've grown to know and love so I'm, I, I'm willing to give them a bit of a mulligan on the you know singing around the campfire bits uh and the and the beans and bourbon uh jokes and the marshmallow stuff uh <laughs> other than that the fact that uh i i used to have my bike locked up with one of those kryptonite locks you can open with a with a with a big pen yeah. i didn't know that the enterprise is as easy to steal as mm-hmm. that that was mm. that. Turns that out, was not a good idea.
2: Well, especially after Star Trek Two, when we discover all the locks and things they got, you're like, "Wait, we it's already five know five digit code." Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come they should have gone to my, six. It like could apples. take
7: hours to go through all those combinations.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: Well, you know, you read about how Shatner had this grand plan, and you know, okay, there was the Writers Guild strike, and then there was the the special effects that didn't, that didn't work, and then ILM gave them sort of like the The cast off special effects and 110
2: degree weather during some of the shooting
7: and 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 you go, all right, all right, bad things happen. Fine. But, you know, and, and there is there is like the kernel of an interesting idea. Again, you know, it's like there's something philosophical, there's something very trick to the concept of it but it's also badly done. And it's it's Shatner being self-indulgent for the whole thing. Of course there's something Trek about it. They're always meeting space gods.
0: Yes. In in fact, when people say, when people negatively review a Star Trek movie because they say it doesn't really fit into the ideals of the television series, Uh I'll point out that the two worst Star Trek movies, (laughs) arguably, are 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 the ones that are most closely aligned (laughs) to the ideals (laughs) of the Star Trek series. And that's Uh Star Trek The Motion Uh Picture and Star Trek V, where nothing much happens and it's kind of dumb because there's just a space god or cloud at the end. Because the,
7: the, the thing that kills me about it is you, you read about how Shatner fought to, to keep everything in and, and they had to, you know, Harv Bennett cut it down and they had to recut it because Shatner wanted more stuff. And I'm watching this and thinking, and 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 he needed all these effects, right? So what are all these effects? Well, he's got all these shuttlecrafts flying around because yeah. the transporter doesn't work. <laughs> oh no! And then they're looking at things through the view screen and the window in the shuttlecraft, and they're doing all these things. If you had just left the transporter alone, your story would have been sharper, and you'd have been able to cut like all of these special effects. You'd have had this like stock effect that was easy to do that they did all the time, and you could have actually like made more story. This – for a short film, this has a lot of dead time of them just sitting in
2: shuttlecrafts
7: flying again. And it's just – it's Star Trek, the motion picture done uh, not as well.
2: Well, I wonder if this was more of an inspiration for Galaxy Quest than than some of the other movies and TV show. There's a couple scenes in here where I was like this is shot for shot, a Galaxy Quest moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And the sort of tone and the bombasticness of it and the self-importance, even Kurt, I mean, both him directing the film, but then also the way his character was played in the movie, both were very much, uh, I don't know, because I, I, I haven't seen this for a long time like Jason either. I don't know if I've seen it since it was in the theater, maybe once. And uh, I, so it just snapped into uh, into that parody mode. Uh, I had never seen it. Ah, so well, I,
5: I had seen Star Trek, the motion picture when it came out and not since, and i had never seen this. And... Back to back. I liked this more just because something was happening.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will agree that something happens. I, I, well, I do. I do agree. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna refuse that. That there, there, there is motion on the screen a whole lot more. I mean, um, to be fair, my notes end right after
5: the camping trip and pick up at the end, <laughs> saying, "What is with this cocktail party?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I have a lot of notes on the camping. Trip. I, I hate. I hate um, the the Cybox stuff a lot. I hate the give me your pain thing. I don't think it's clear at all in the script of how that works. And how yeah. it's 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 mind control, but it's also not mind control. It's just that once you don't have... Turns out Sulu and Chekhov and Uhura, the only reason that they followed orders was because they were tormented by their internal pain, I guess. Because yeah. once they were relieved of that, they were happy to go to the center of the galaxy with Cybok. I also really don't understand the scene where Cybok shows McCoy and Kirk <laughs> and Spock, or McCoy and Spock, the source of their pain, because it's unclear whether that's... First, it's like, is that happening in their heads or are they seeing it? And then are the then they show reaction shots from the other characters, like they're also <laughs> they're seeing at, yeah, their yeah. personal flashbacks. Which, unless there's some really strange, like four brain mind meld thing happening, it kind of doesn't hold up and doesn't make any sense. And although the 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 scene with McCoy and his dad is affecting Gutting, in in, yeah. in a way, and, and and I know David, I think, has said that it's the only thing in the movie that really works. Um, Mostly. It, 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 it is yeah, works. mostly works. <laughs> it, it 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 none of it I, none of it does none of it makes any sense. Lawrence Luckinbill I find not believable at any point. I don't think he has any menace. I don't think he. I believe him as jovial. <laughs> I don't believe him as a Vulcan. I he's just. It, uh, yeah, he's a different kind of Vulcan. It's,
4: it's, it's, really, it's really like at the edge of what could have been really deep and profound mm-hmm. if, they had, if they had really committed to it. Like what if they uh, – yeah. um, uh, they, they, Kirk keeps coming back to the idea of, hey, look, I got my pain. I got to deal with the things I have, to, I have to be responsible for. As I'm watching this – excuse me, at the end of it, I'm thinking, my God, wouldn't it have been wonderful if it were questionable whether they'd actually found God or not? Yeah. I mean there's enough evidence to say that, no, actually we did find God, but Kirk, because he knows that, well, if this – This is an imprisoned alien entity. He's going to kill everybody. So we can't take a chance. Let's kill God. And then for the basically for the, the cap of the movie has to be, well, yeah, I might have basically disconnected all of creation from this source of light and love and perfect truth. I got to deal with that, and everyone's gonna. A lot of people are gonna hate me for it. Uh, I mean, the, the, so many simple problems. Like, I mean, you you mentioned uh, uh, whether uh, Cyborg has these magical powers. If you, the fact that you make him a Vulcan makes you have to question from the very beginning: Is this something that is he actually a very positive, therapeutic sort of guy, or is he just having an doing a mind meld sort of thing and making people like 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 the, the like the uh, uh, Long Island Mystic, whatever, whatever that stupid thing. Medium, is. medium, Long Island medium. medium. That's-
0: Cybok has no shades of gray. And if we were wondering about Cybok, if we wonder, is he a cult leader? Is he a murderer? Or is is he a a meaning, you know, a good intentioned guy? Is he mind controlling
2: us? Or is he? And and that sort of lays there in the script, but it's never really. I did like one moment, though. The one moment, which is one of the cheesiest moments when he says, we're going to go find God. And Kirk says, you are mad. And just the look. Yeah. We'll I did find like out. that moment, and I just thought that was actually
3: that yeah. was surprising. It was good. I think this movie fails so bad, not just for general <laughs> audiences, but for hardcore Star Trek fans. You know, Star Trek Four appealed to everybody. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a crowd pleaser. It, fans loved it. General audiences really loved it. Yep. This one fails. One of the ways that it failed failed with the hardcore Trekkies is that we'd already seen a much better story about an emotional Vulcan in uh, Vonda McIntyre's novel *Enterprise: The First Adventure*, which a lot of Star Trek fans Stephen,
7: yes, yes, um,
3: it's a it's it's a great story. It's a much more it's much more effective take on the uh, on the notion of what would we be what it would be like for a Vulcan to be emotional. It's, and it's Spock's cousin. So right off the bat, hardcore Trekkies who buy the books and all this stuff are like, we've seen this before. This is not new. The <laughs> other thing that really pisses me off about this movie is how every character other than Kirk, e- even, even Spock and McCoy, uh, every other character is taken down a few pegs there is made fun of the engineer can't fix his ship and bashes his head. The navigator and helmsman get lost in the woods. Communications officer dances nude. Spock's still out of it, even though he was all better at the end of the last movie. It's a joke that Chekhov could be the captain. I hate this
7: movie for Mm. what it does to the characters. Every character in this tells Kirk how brilliant he is. He's the only one who withstands Cybock. Um, and, and yeah, apparently Spock and McCoy in the original draft were also going to just go totally with Cybok. and, and the two of them um, argued with that and said no, our characters wouldn't do that. And so that's the only reason they don't but but yeah, everything is Kirk is great and then Kirk is God you know and and especially at that that moment in the, end the at the end of the movie, where he goes, maybe God's right here and he taps his chest mm-hmm. and there's that pause before he says in the human heart. And well, that's like, not. That, oh, Bill. That's not
5: that out of Star Trek canon, though. Like a lot of Star Trek seems to be based around, and Kirk is the greatest guy in the world. Like, uh, yeah, Star Star Trek Two. Everybody loves Star Trek Two, but he's so great, he broke the Kobayashi
7: Maru. We don't mind it there. Yeah, but but it's everybody's kind of
0: annoyed with him for it, and right? he's and he's flawed. He is a flawed yes. person. He's re- refusing to accept his. His, um, his own mortality and aging and the, his Kobayashi Muru is a symptom of him not being able to accept reality, which is not the case in Star Trek V.
5: He's certainly flawed here because he claims he loves the song Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Which <laughs> doesn't make any
2: sense. Oh, oh, it's a great song. We don't have no money left that for the, song. We, licensing the song. We had to go to the public domain. Uh, <laughs> the, point. the thing about the film, I really it was going to be Happy it, Birthday. Watching at the end with uh, with um, especially after during the episode him wearing the Captain Steubing shirt, uh, I realized at the end David Warner comes up with the uh, Romulan uh, ambassador and puts his arm around her and says something yeah. stupid. I'm like, this is the end of the Love Boat. This last scene yeah. is yeah. everyone yeah. pairs up, everything's Larry happy. Larry Linville marries Charo. Yeah, it doesn't matter <laughs> that, that all kinds of people have died and all kinds of things have gone wrong. It's like and eh, now. Let's play the happy music at the end.
4: Well, at least at least they're treating their female characters consistently throughout, from the start <laughs> to the end of the movie. Yeah. So,
0: so but this is, of course, ah. the the infamous Uhura fan dance oh, scene is Christ's in sake. here, oh, in the midst of a even more ludicrous scene involving the desert raid that happens <laughs> oh, on the God. on the, the the whatever it is desert outpost that Paradise. is in, in the neutral zone. Kirk Solo march to the bar to rescue the hostages, and he's
3: attacked by a triple-breasted cat warrior. This is beyond parody. Cat stripper. Cat stripper.
7: Thank you. Thank you. And, and he lifts her up and throws her into the pool Oh, table. that was horrible.
2: Face down, she's dead. She's and it's with water. Dead it's in water. It's funny because it's a yeah. pool table. And I'm like – and it goes on. They cut back, and she's still motionless face down.
4: Oh, you know, and she and she was the star too, like because her her like her like she's like the logo of that bar if you, in neon, yeah. If you notice, but yeah. let's—I I did have to like actually count them up. You have four female characters, two of them do strip teases, and the other two—one of them is a Klingon warrior. Okay, that's cool. And the last one is just she. She's just she's the ambassador who's there to, hey hey, doll face, we
7: really got through a lot, did not we? Hey, and and one of the Klingon warrior. She gets ogled by, by yeah, Sue yeah. Chekhov at the end. She has very powerful legs. She has great muscles. Her Klingon muscles. makeup
0: is unlike any other uh, woman yes. Klingon we ever see. She's got, like, lip
6: gloss. Uh, All is, of the people kept the exact
0: same <laughs> makeup lady on. Sometimes the same a Klingon
6: wants to be pretty.
0: Yeah, no. Why can't a Klingon <laughs> put on lip gloss? That's not how they are pretty. Maybe if it was like the blood of her her victims or something, they would. <laughs> she's like half that. Klingon, Maybe half human. These Klingons are on a spaceship.
5: They have been Star exposed Trek. to other cultures. These are the
0: worst Klingons in any Star Trek movie.
5: These
4: that's that's how powerful advertising is. They even managed to shame a Klingon <laughs> woman into, into self in self loathing. Well, it's
0: because she's worth it. It's, For
7: all the things in this movie that are awful, and there's so many. It's all almost all of them. All do you know what's? Do you All know things? what's the one thing that drives me nuts through the, almost the entire
6: film? When Spock uh, nerve pinches a horse, James Doohan's terrible <laughs> no, Scottish no. accent. No. The Although special yes, effects where the no. Enterprise is sort of adrift because the
7: special effect <laughs> guy is incompetent, and always from the back. Um, <laughs> no, I the the little uh, g- gray and brown and tan uh, military sweaters that they have for their assault raid. Oh, I yeah. love that costume. Assault sweaters. You know, they're wonderful. (laughs) The thing that drives me nuts for the whole thing is Kirk's little collar has that little section that's sort of folded under the sweater. And then I guess they kept it because they they couldn't reshoot something. So they kept the continuity of it. All through the movie, I'm going, fix your damn collar, Jim.
0: Fix the collar. That's a a – And it's a stupid little thing. Come on, David. that's, th- that's like number 9,000 on the offenses in this movie. <laughs> I know, but you keep
2: seeing no, it for the if, whole movie. If you
6: fix that color, this movie, whew, really good.
2: <laughs> there, there are some good lines. There are some good lines of the God, what is God in his spaceship? But there's also the, yep. I liked him better Starship. before he died. That's a great line.
5: Yeah, I like that. It suggested that the previous movies
0: had happened.
7: Yeah, it's exactly. it's, it's not that it's emphatic like that. It's like, God, I God, liked I him like better,
0: better before he, before he died. died. Uh, another thing i dislike about this movie by the way is the lighting i i appreciate andy saying that it feels cinematic at various points i find i find that it's very poorly lit it's it's weirdly kind of yellow and there's strange shadows and it doesn't seem stylistic to me it seems um incompetent to me and and it's just it, it, i think the movie looks bad because of it because the lighting is so weird and and not good so i'll throw that on the pile too
7: um, so, so it's many a pretty scenes big pile jason like yeah, it's filtered with pink why pinks and purples and lavenders
0: and you know, it just looks bloom shatner is a colorful guy
7: i thought i thought the opening
4: scenes were pretty good like that in it, 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 just just the, the cinematography just the way just the way that it was photographed and here I'm, I'm not talking about gee this is one of the greatest like this could have been a david lean movie i'm talking about i'm used to like Star Trek Four and Star Trek Two, where it looks like just they sent somebody onto Amazon.com, said you got a hundred bucks to buy some LED lights. We'll clip them right to the front of the, of the camera. We'll we'll buy some high intensity, high wattage light bulbs. We'll put in the lamps in the back. It at least looked like a movie. It didn't actually play out like a movie, but at least it looked. Well, a I bit I
0: like think Star Trek Two looks way more like a movie than Star Trek yeah. Five does, and, especially and since it <laughs> it's poorly lit.
6: It's true. And I'd argue, argue Star Trek Four looks way more like a movie than Star Trek V. Yeah. Star Trek Three <laughs> looks like a
2: TV show. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: What, what more can we say about Star Trek V? Uh, anybody have anything else to everybody say loves, about it?
2: Everybody loves desert planets. You got Arrakis. You got Tatooine. You got the Drylands. You, you got Nimbus. Nimbus III. It joins the pantheon Nimbus. of desert Planet planets. <laughs> of science galactic
6: fiction. piece, And also uh, the chief exporter of Hulls. Uh, as we see the whole farmer in the opening <laughs> yes, shot. Yes, yeah. he he's, We got
1: a lot Here's of science, all I've but, got. Yeah, yes. it, i to you know, see it, the, see the singer
6: from Midnight Oil getting it some work beautiful.
5: in the movies. So, Nimbus 3 is a planet where weapons are not allowed. The whole planet? Yes. Apparently. Know, it's, apparently, the
6: apparently. It's, it's full of galactic peace and,
5: Monty, and of dust. Course.
6: And
0: sand, peace apparently. Holes.
5: Well, it's easy to have a planet of peace if nobody wants to go there. <laughs> and that's really. There's not a lot of wars on the South Pole either. So, what?
7: in in reading continent of, of galactic peace i i you know I found out that uh, Harv Harve Bennett apparently blamed the failure of the movie partly on people you know suddenly we have the next generation on, oh, and people yeah. are fatigued, and they'd rather stay home and watch that at home yeah, and it's like if that were true, it wouldn't have been the number one movie opening weekend
0: yeah he you know, he's, he's, people yeah. came
7: out for it and then they saw it he, and went. Oh,
0: God, no, no, it is funny to see that it turns out that people involved in the creation of Star Trek V like to blame the existence of Star Trek The Next Generation on its <laughs> failure because it was the first Star Trek film to be released with a Star Trek TV series on the air. But they're wrong.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
6: it's a terrible movie. It's not good.
7: I mean, the other thing is you have your director and even if you know like you're george takei and you don't really care about shatner you're still doing what the director tells you you're still following their vision of this story and and so it's it's kind of like natalie portman in the prequels she is a really good actress she is awful in the prequels because she's doing what the director told her to do and in this case you've got shatner and so, yeah, they're all, they're doing what they can. I mean, anything that is good in, in, a, in a delivery of a line almost has to be subversive, right? It has to be the actor saying, I, this is, I I know how to do this line, Bill, shut up. <laughs> and and the only times that they really come alive are when they are being funny, when they are in these scenes that are just what you think of as, as Shatner's goofiness, right? Don't tell me how to say it. It
0: sickens me. i I feel like one of the mistakes in this movie is is this kind of overconfidence in the ability for them to do comedy um that star trek four Mm -hmm. which is a funny movie and they do a good job and it's a it's a really clever trick to get that movie to be as funny as it is and I feel like it's Star Trek 5 just thinks oh we're funny and is really <laughs> lazy with its jokes and the most offensive actually we mentioned it earlier I want to say I think the single worst thing that happens oh, in any Star address. Trek movie is Scotty walking into the mm-hmm. the beam oh, yep. god oh my god and then yep. and then they have him be unconscious and take him to sickbay so they even like oh no but it's a plot point now too it's not just a joke it's a plot point people and it is it is, you know, where is the sad trombone music at that point? It is so <laughs> terrible. It's a, not only just against his character. It's not funny. It is the basest form of slapstick. But I think throughout this movie, the jokes are way too easy, and it's because honestly, somebody thought, "Hey, we're great at comedy now." And Star Trek oh. Four is it, it was was harder to do than that. It was a tougher trick than that. And the pacing of that moment doesn't
7: even work. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, just it's a bad moment. I know, like timing. the back of my hand. Blunk, thunk, thunk, thunk. The timing is. is
2: all the relationships in the movie – and this to harp on this because we should because this is bad – is even the bit where he wakes up and there's hurrah, And I'm like, are they in a relationship? It's portrayed at a childish level, both in the first part where she brings him dinner, the plastic – you know, the shiny bag. Right. And that part – Potato and chips. And like are they actually in a relationship oh or are you just – you're just doing some kind of like infantile I presentation? I felt it was almost like Scotty can't feed himself. <laughs>
6: yes. <laughs> well, he gets wrapped up in what he's doing yeah, and he forgets oh to gosh. eat dinner. Yeah. But I will say – Going back to that documentary uh, and the the funny thing, uh, William Shatner said, You know, I wanted to make this a drama. It wasn't supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be, you know, they're looking for what? God. Uh, and really? uh, yeah. they told me, since Star Trek IV was so popular, we needed to make Star Trek V funny.
5: Yeah. that's. It felt to me like somebody looked at the script and said, This neat thing needs to be more zany. Yeah. All the comedy feels like somebody striving for zany yeah and and the characters have no
3: heart as a result that yeah. just it drives me it, it just drives me crazy. Uh, it It shares some of the faults that nemesis has in that the characters, even especially through Star Trek two through four, they had an arc. they had a reason to be going from point A to point b. And then Star Trek five, hey, all of a sudden we're back on the ship. we're back where we started from. We're just
0: older um and but we'll be funny now but it, it squanders and and we did talk about this in the star trek four episode of random T- track it sponder, it squanders that last bit of star trek four when the mm-hmm. movie ends star trek four has this little little ass coda where they're on the bridge of the enterprise it's like finally after this whole story between star trek two three and four has gotten us to this point where we can go back out and have other adventures like you remember from the old star trek series won't this be great and then we get star trek five <laughs> uh, we were wrong Wished mm. on a
4: monkey's paw. Gave you what you asked for, not what you wanted.
0: No. Uh,
3: I mean, not Star Trek the motion picture, I look at it as like a noble failure. They were trying to do grand yeah. things. They just did it badly. This is hack. This is, this is just... This is just hacked out garbage. I can't. I cannot improve upon your garbage, courage, Jason. It is garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, it's. I didn't have this strong an opinion after finishing watching it until we talked about it, and I realized because I watched the motion picture, I felt like was slow and thin, but it was fine. It was just dull, right? And after we've talked about it, I'm actually actively like this movie much less than when I watched it a oh. uh, day ago. <laughs> now Monty State disagrees.
5: For- I did, do disagree. I found <gasps> Star Trek, the motion picture, god-awful boring, really? endless yes. tracking shots yes. of special mm-hmm. effects. Yes, mm-hmm. agreed. Mm-hmm. Nothing happening at all. At least in Star Trek Five, somebody wrote a joke. Oh. Somebody is trying <laughs> to do something to provide
0: some <laughs> level of entertainment for me, which did not happen in the first what one. What we're arguing between is a movie that is s- uh, smooth and slick and deadly boring, and a movie that is crass and crappy, but at least moves along in a nice clip and has some stuff and That's tries it. and tries. And I think it's up to all of us to decide which w- which of those we would prefer. Um, th- mm. I think they're both awful.
5: All I know is which one I hated more. And I hated the first one a lot more than the second. And one I, hated world world. Tr- I hated Star Trek. I hated Star Trek 5.
0: I-, I think I've come to accept that Star Trek the motion picture is just going to be kind of pretty and boring and go on forever. Whereas Star yeah. Trek 5 just makes me angry
7: it with, with to each his of, own. of the two, of the two, Produce and, and I, I agree they are both awful. Um, the only thing that gives Star Trek Five any kind of edge for me, and I'm not, I'm not even saying I like it better than the motion picture, but that one scene with McCoy and his father, not even the Cyborg part of it, just that sequence between the two of them, is more powerful than anything in the motion picture. That yeah, that scene is great, That's and crazy. and you know and and but it's also the most serious scene in the whole damn movie. Yeah. You know, for this zany movie, here is this really intense thing of of euthanasia and and him realizing mm-hmm. that he if he had just waited, but maybe his father couldn't have waited. You know, and and that and well, and and I was going to say that it's not even that that feels like a manufactured story. I mean that 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 feels like someone who has gone through that at least the the experience of a parent dying. And I mean, it, it hit me in the theater in 1989. It's hit me even more now as an older person who has had a parent die. And I mean, it's just really nicely done. How much of that is, you know, the actors in the mm. in the moment, how much of that is the writing? I don't know. Yeah, I thought I thought
4: that was. I'm, I'm with you there. I thought that was well, was certainly. I think the strongest scene of the entire movie. One of the, one of very few strong scenes in the movie. But it also was sort of emblematic of the problems with the movie that mm-hmm. they yeah. just don't know how to trust a scene to play out in and of itself. Yes. That what yes. if what if what if it wasn't that? Oh they oh oh wah wah. They discovered a cure <laughs> just two hours yeah, yeah. late, two years later. What if it was just that? No, you know ha- there was no cure discovered. You're spending the rest of your you're gonna, you're going to spend the rest of your life, no matter. What wondering if it was the right thing to do, and even if it was the right exactly. thing to do, it was going to be completely gutting to know that you, you know, that no matter how correct it was, you are responsible for the death of your father at that time. Uh, just like if they had decided to go with the sort of thing where, what if there's nothing magical or mystical about it? What if there's just a message that says, whatever it is you've done in your life that is, you, you've caused you to put three bricks in the backpack that you're carrying every day of your life, you can take those bricks out. You don't. You're not responsible for that. And not, not that, uh, 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 not that you can have this little junior high literary magazine twist at the end. Wait a minute. You mean that this pill actually never did anything to our brains at all? It just allowed <gasps> us to forget give ourselves you know it's but there's so uh, the most frustrating thing about movies for me is when you can see oh god you just there was one more door if you'd opened that last door you would have found something beautiful but you said nope we're good let's go Mm -hmm. back
7: and seeing the original cut then then it's like oh and by the way bones a shuttlecraft fell from the sky onto his grave and destroyed the grave (laughs) and then a starship fell and you know it's like oh
2: I'll point out even at a pedestrian level, a lot of the scenes uh, where they didn't make enough uh, – they didn't shoot enough uh, takes because I'm watching some stuff and yep. I'm like that – someone actually misspoke. Several times I've noticed yeah. they actually said something wrong or almost wrong and that was the take they used. They did not have coverage. My
0: understanding I, – I read a couple articles about the making of this. And my understanding was that in, in several cases, they had so little time. Uh, they were running so late and overscheduled that they would just – yeah, they'd do a take or two oh, and they were man. moving on to the next – thing. And and it's, you know, William Shatner, it's his first directorial effort and you know, you don't get the sense that he had a whole lot of a support network around him. That he did this because he could, damn it, and not because he, he, he didn't have a family around him who was helping him do this. And like Harve Bennett didn't want to be there, and you know, <laughs> did William, did, did Leonard Nimoy really want to uh, be involved in this in this film that uh, that his old buddy was directing? And you know, George Takei really didn't like him and didn't want to be in it. And I don't know, he it, 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 it was not Although- a. It, Although TK
7: did say he enjoyed it. in Yeah, right at, after
0: the fact, he said that. Yeah, yeah I, I I think William Shatner was a professional guy, and they they wanted him, they didn't want him to fail, and they weren't trying to sabotage him. But I'm not yeah. sure they were all standing around like yeah. saying, "Bill, how can ho. I help? Can let me take some of your pain." So Walter, Walter huh. Keenig was on it for ten days. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> and, and 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 the scriptwriter, uh, you know, for, for Star Trek V too, David La- La- Lowry. 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 Lowry is, you know, he he did, uh, you know, Dreamscape before this, and then he ended up doing pa- Passenger Fifty Seven. That's right. I think part of the problem with this movie and Star Trek: The Motion Picture is there's so many
5: classic cast members you have to drag on, get give them their screen yeah. time, give them their bit, and you know what? Not many of the stories really require Sulu and Chekhov to
2: have That's a true. plot. That's the yeah. problem with all yeah. the Star
0: Trek movies: is you want to give them a few Big moments. Ensemble. Yep. And then, and then kind of move along. Unfortunately, Uhura's moment in this seems oh. to be to do oh. a fan dance. no,
2: no wait. Now, in the coverage, though, I'm not going to defend this at all. However, I was surprised in reviewing this that Nichelle Nichols said, no, she really liked it. She liked doing it. And the only thing she was annoyed by is they dubbed over her voice. Oh, and I was yeah. so stunned. I didn't know that. Yeah. I figured she had to be talked into it or they used a body double. She wasn't involved. And she's like, no, no, it was great, but they should have used my singing.
5: Yeah, I'm shocked that was her because she was completely silhouetted so you couldn't see her face, mm-hmm. just like Shatner climbing the mountain where you can't <laughs> see his face. I really thought that was not Nichelle Nichols. Yep. If it is, zoom in a bit, guys. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, based on these two movies, I don't know why you guys like Star Trek so much. <laughs> all
2: right. It's all the rest of it's like this. I, it's I think that's all well
0: put, this. Scott. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this the last question I'm gonna throw to you, which is do do you have a uh, do you have a a thought about which
6: one of these films is is the the worst? <laughs> uh, well, Star Trek Five does have a scene where a uh, Klingon bird of prey shoots God in the face. Yeah, so like that. <laughs> uh, but I think Star Trek V is is far worse than Star Trek the motion picture, only because of the same moment that you picked, Jason, of Scotty hitting his head <laughs> yeah. on that beam is it is it's the worst point. worst thing in Star Trek by far. Uh, <laughs> I do not like it. Yep. I didn't like it the first time I saw Star Trek V. I didn't like it the second time I saw Star Trek V, which was for this podcast. Doesn't
0: it, doesn't it feel bad to have that Blu-ray? It's a little like I feel about having the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Blu-ray. It's like I got it because <laughs> yeah. I got the box, but right, it's in It with all the other ones.
4: <laughs> but I own it now. I feel like... Wanna- Put a post-it so that if, if, if your relatives are cleaning out your house after you die, say, look, it was part of the set. Yeah,
0: part of
6: the set. And,
4: <laughs> and, the, and the box is so flimsy that if I simply took it out and threw it away, they would like bow in on the sides. It, it so.
0: provided some needed structure for the, exactly. the actual That's physical right. box. It's,
6: it's nestled between Star Trek IV and Star Trek VI, both of which I like. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, both both better, both better films. All right, well, I'm going to wrap this up. This is this this ends part one of our uh, our trip to bad Star Trek movie land. There will be this has in been a, really cathartic Jason. in a in a few weeks we will do uh, we will do another one um, that has a different panel, and we will be talking about the Next Generation two films from the Next Generation series that we consider the worst of the two. Although I, I'm not convinced, you know, there, it's a question about. Really, there's only the one good one. So there, you know, and then the there are the three other ones. But we will watch two of those <laughs> for that for that one. But um, but this has been a, a trip to the, the the low points of the original series Star Trek films. I'd like to thank my guests for for sharing their pain and learning from the sharing. David Lore, thank you.
7: Thank you. I I thought I didn't like Star Trek five before, but now I really hate it. <laughs> so this has been good. Good. It's been healing. You've taken my pain
0: good uh glenn fleischman the transporter is
2: good well as they always <laughs> say on vulcan the needs of the many are outweighed by the needs of the pu uh all right Chips uh, chip Earth
3: shakari thank you jason you have proved yourself worthy to receive from us this symbol of total logic
0: mm, excellent <laughs> very nice uh andy and Natko, uh torpedo away <laughs> I, I
4: will i i will say that this has been very helpful and that just your last five minutes has made me realize that i still think that the worst i don't like really love any of the star trek movies but i think that okay star trek 2 but i i do realize that as painful as watching one and five were i think i would have just not been able to show up for screening for for the show if we were doing star trek next generation movies because those were just Sins uh, against nemesis. God. Nemesis, yes.
0: just... Stay tuned. Oh, Stay tuned. That was for... just
4: horrible. Yeah. Was just horrible. Well, everybody it got would... to
0: choose which one they wanted to be on.
4: Uh, I, would have, I would have. sent you two minutes of yeah. me weeping into the microphone. <laughs> I would drop I it was to a you. little you a reserve
3: loop. activation clause that got me here.
0: Mm. Mon- Monty Ashley. Uh, they gave. They gave her back to me, Monty. In the words of the Klingon in Star Trek V, burp. <laughs> <Very> nice.
1: <laughs>
0: and of course, Scott McNulty. Thank you. Life is
6: not a dream.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Very nice. And thank you to everybody out there for listening to this episode. I hope you didn't watch these movies before listening because uh, <laughs> I feel bad. We'd hate uh, to have ruined them for you. Yeah, mm, <laughs> right. Oh, uh,
5: spoilers. They and, suck. Uh,
0: and William Shatner, if you're listening, I'm sorry. It's really it's we've been calling it Shatner's Folly for 25 years
2: for a reason.
0: He's not Bill, listening. Bill, it's not us, us. It's you. Yeah. He's blocked us already. But
5: Bill can handle a few guys making fun of him on the internet. It's oh, happened before. Yeah, he's great at that.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time.
2: Okay, I have a closing statement. Okay, Glenn, yes, lay it on us. So listen, I am Good the night. Loran. I speak for the probes. I thought it was despicable, the treatment of probes in both of these movies, and I'd forgotten it was a through line. Pioneer 10 and the non-existent Voyager 6 did not get the treatment they deserved. Hmm. Now, I've spent years writing about probes in the recent past. I feel like I know them personally, and I felt like these movies were an affront to all the hard work and effort that they put in. That's it. I did feel bad for those probes. I just felt bad for V-der. Like, V-der. Having to
4: kiss that Deckard guy with his, with his
5: primetime oh. yeah, soap you know, opera I, drama Ilea face. Yeah, I a probe,
2: yeah. too. Everybody's probing.
5: <laughs> I think if Persis Kambata had had any sort of a character before turning into a drone,
0: I know. she yeah. would have been
5: way more interesting. I know. Yep. They, I mean, uh, they, they
3: almost gave her a character, but they didn't. It, 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 no. if they, it, they should have just left her a nameless
2: extra. I'm trying to think of any line I've seen in any movie that maybe cringe more than the celibacy oath line. (laughs) I'd forgotten it was coming. Mm -hmm. Then she said it. My memory, it was presented in a less expository fashion. And I just (laughs) went... I you know, can't. I just, no, that was uh. that was
4: fine. I, I can't tell you the number number of times I've shown up for the first day of work and someone's the first thing, <laughs> thing they say to me. I've taken a vow to remain celibate, Andy. Oh, okay. <laughs> you <laughs> you she you just have to dial to nine cook. to get an outside line on the. On so here, here's
0: here's a bizarre thing I did I didn't mention in the show, which is uh, there's a line in Star Trek: The Motion Picture that baffles me, which is maybe it's just my own personal taste here, but when they're talking on the communicator to starfleet command when they've sent back you know melting piles of flesh that used to be people in <laughs> yes, the transporter I know accident, what you're say. Yep. the guy mm-hmm. the guy on the other end of the line says enterprise what we got back here didn't live long fortunately it, it's just like this guy just saw this guy saw people like melt and explode in a transporter room he should He's be like
2: shocked. enterprise it also happened oh, – it also two seconds Can I just was, say
4: that like when I was a teenager downloading things using the Xcode, Xmodem or Zmodem protocol, there was something in that protocol that said, oh, this connection is no good. I'm not even yeah. going to try yes. this. Yeah,
2: yeah. I no, just wish
4: they were using Zmodem.
0: Again, on, 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 it, was, on it was like on a list of like, you know, we've never shown why McCoy is afraid of transporters. So we let's have a transporter accident. What does it have to do with the movie? Nothing. Star Trek Five: The Contractual Menace. I took a friend of mine in college um, to to this, and she had never seen any Star Trek before. She was like, "No, I'll go with you. That'll be fun." And we go into the theater, and first off, everybody—it's a matinee showing. It's in in—I in, think it came out in June, so it's like toward the end mm-hmm. of the school year, my freshman year in college. Um, and we go into the theater, and it is entirely like. Uh, the hardest of the hardcore star trek fans uh the guy we're sitting next to has brought his reference material with him he's got like his star trek books and maybe like a clipboard and a pen and he's going to take notes and all that and she looks at me like what have i gotten into and i'm like look i'm sorry i like star trek but you don't see me carrying around any books i left the books at home and so he was going to like
5: annotate the drawings of the even, enterprise as it went i don't oh, even know so, cells so, there. So,
0: we, so we sit down maybe he was just going to entertain himself before the film um so we sit down and i'm thinking well you know know at least we can enjoy the movie and it was star trek (laughs) (laughs) Five.
7: yeah we went opening night and it was just a whole bunch of my old high school friends and you know and and beforehand it's like yeah star trek 4 was awesome yeah yeah and we were very quiet at the end of the movie (laughs) and we just kind of looked at each other and went let's go get something to drink you see, that, that's
4: yeah. why I'm so concerned about spoilers in this podcast. Is you know, I, 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 my wish for people is that they have the exact same experience that we had as as children, not knowing exactly how disappointed we we're going to be. Just let it be a surprise. Every one of these little things. I you know? didn't realize you had such a sadistic streak to you, Andy. <laughs> I, 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 see. When 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 you when you bite me, I bite back.
0: That's well, the right, 14 year old
7: looked hard. up through both of these movies and said, "Why are you making me watch these?" Yeah. No. Nobody's nobody. nobody strapped you into the chair. You walk can, away. Just I walk sorry. away. I looked at, watch <laughs> the good ones. I got a lot of
2: sympathy I, out of discussing this on Twitter though. It was great. People felt really bad for me. It was very sweet.
4: <laughs> I looked at the Slack and asked why are you making me watch these?
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Nobody, nobody make, nobody exactly it, I, I, that was.
4: That, I was reflecting upon that tonight thing that I, I, I knew how bad this movie was. And yet I, at some point I was asked, would you like to watch this movie and talk about I it? I had 11
0: and people said, sure. say, yes, yes. I would like to be on the bad Star Trek movies episode. That's why we're doing two of them. So well, I, mean, I was it, curious. I legitimately never seen five and I'm like, well, that'll be
5: something. It, <laughs> it is something. <laughs> it is